this is the sport that I do. Like, you know, I've done this sport since I was 11, 10 years of age. I've dedicated and sacrificed my whole life to this sport. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, the sports breakfast show. From off the ball. Keith Tracy joining us in the studio as well. Morning, Keith. How are you, lads? Are you? Keeping well. Stephen Bradley, a little bit downtrodden after the match last night, I think it's fair to say. But, um, I mean, he kind of said it in advance of the game. He expected this Brita Blick team to be dangerous enough, and, and right he was. Yeah, he was, he was he was very right. Uh I think a lot of people were reading into the into the into the rankings and thinking our oh, Rovers will Rovers are going to beat them, but the first, the first 45 minutes from Rovers was really poor for me. I, th- I think, uh, obviously, they haven't been great in the league. I know people would be screaming at top of the league, but for me, they just haven't reached the levels that you would expect of that team and that squad. So I think it just rolled in. The first 10 minutes, Sean Hoare loses his man in the six-yard box. The header goes straight at the goalkeeper. That easily could have been 1-0 down. That's the first 10 minutes. Like, and Make no mistake about it, when, when you come in and you start training your first day of pre-season... You start talking about Europe. The Irish clubs start talking about Europe. I know they do. So Shamrock Rovers have been looking forward to this. So to start as slow as they did, it's, I just don't understand it. So, but look, I, I give Breda Blick a lot of a lot of credit. I think they were better than a lot of people thought they would be. And even in the ninety second minute, I think they had a wide free kick and they put seven people in the box. Yeah. So they, they came to play. Like they yeah. didn't come to sit back and see what Rovers have. They came and. I think they felt Rovers' power, and I think after that, I think Breda Blick will be even more confident now going into the second leg. So, look, it's it's by no means done and dusted, but Rovers need to need to go there and win the game, which is going to be very very difficult. I know the vibes out of Stephen Bradley were that they knew what Breda Blick were going to bring, that they were better than what say the bookies were suggesting and what people were talking about in advance. Uh, the sense at the ground was that it caught the supporters by shock how good Breda Blick were and I do wonder with the players as well with how fast they started the game because you know, Rovers last year okay at time in qualification it was the second leg and there was a sense that they had nothing to lose but they came they attacked really good teams performed very strongly but 20 minutes into that game you're going this team are a step above where Rovers are yeah well look it's I would say that the first half you're thinking Breda Blick are really really good this is going to be a struggle for Shamrock Rovers but I would look to the second half, Nate, and it was a lot more competitive in mm. the second half when Rovers were at it, when they were going after people, they were pressing a little bit more. When Graham Bourke came on for about 10, 15 minutes, he started pulling strings, maybe had a few chances. And Rovers did, I, I think they had five shots on target in the game. Kavanagh had one where he cut in on his right and sort of skied it. There was a lovely little angle there just to call that. So they did make chances. I think Stephen Bradley and Rovers should just forget about that first half because that can happen in football. It's a little bit unforgiving when you're saying... You know, Rovers have been looking forward to this. The fans have been looking forward to this. You know, a lot of people put all their eggs into the into the European basket. A lot, a lot of the Rovers fans have. So to turn up and be that poor in the first forty five minutes, I just hope that that isn't the difference between the two teams after the after the two legs. And it could very well be because it seems like going on the second half alone, there's very little between these two teams. And the goal, even in itself, was disappointing. Like Gaffney, too keen to take the free kick, gives the ball away, and then obviously Dan Cleary is forced to make the rash challenge. Like it's just disappointing that that's how the the goal was conceded. Because that, as you say, that could be the the goal that yeah, well, it, it is. These big games, they always come down to fine margins, and even the free kick itself. I thought, uh, I think it's Gaffney who's who leaves a bit of a gap, and the ball comes through the gap in the wall. And even I, I think it's fairly central. I don't like uh, criticizing goalkeepers, but when it's as central as that, I think even when when Minovic hits it. 
you know, when you hit a, a strike like that, generally when it comes off your foot, you're thinking that's hitting the back of the net. Yeah. I don't think he'd have got that feeling. So he'd have been a little bit surprised that it went in. But I get that he would have seen it late. There was gaps in the wall, which there shouldn't have been. So I think Rovers has made a couple of basic mistakes and a silly free kick they give away. But again, when they did go uh, direct to Gaffney from front to back, I thought they looked dangerous. I thought mm-hmm. Gaffney done well, won his one-on-one battles. But... Breed of Blick then adapted and went one long, one short, and he started to to figure that out as well. So look, they look like a very, very good team. But Rovers have felt that power now, so hopefully Rovers now will be at it from the off if they can get a, a goal in the first twenty minutes over there. Then you know anything can happen, but it's going to be very, very difficult from what we've seen. What did you think about Rovers' team selection last night? Uh, both team selection and tactics, and the way they set up, particularly in that first half where you know Richie Towell is on the bench, Graham Burke is on the bench. Uh, obviously injury problems with the wing backs that are so crucial to them at Ferrugia felt like a massive loss last night but they didn't seem to have any link at all between Gaffney and what was behind yeah well I don't I think that was obviously down the tight I'd like to see Graham Bork play from the start whoever you want to take out there I, I'd have just wedged him in somehow I think his goals are torn so far in the league has been really really good and you look you play your best players in the biggest game but look Stephen Bradley generally gets it right so I'm not sure what's going on in the, in the background if he has a niggle or he's not feeling 100% so I'd like to see Graham Bork in there but the reason I think Rovers couldn't play through the middle is because Breda Blick were really really good they were showing mm. them into the pitch and they were sort of they were setting little traps all over the place and as soon as Rovers did go into the middle of the pitch they were closing the door they were nicking the ball and look I, I do think I say it all the time there's, there's only one team in, the, in club football that can demand that they play in every, every asset of the game and that's Manchester City anybody else if the press is good play away from it you see them once or twice they're standing on the halfway line if you start clipping balls into the channel and I know Rovers did do that a little bit more in the second half they will eventually back off so to keep forcing it and forcing it I think was it was playing in the breed of Blick's hand I, I think that press was good sometimes if the press is good you keep playing over the top until it gets a little bit looser and then you find the gaps you could argue this has been coming though mm. like, look at Rovers yeah. results this season ok top of the league but 25 games what was it 13 wins 8 draws 4 defeats like they've come back to the as much as maybe um, you know Dundalk Pats have improved this year maybe Derry haven't kicked on the way people have expected like Rovers have come back to the pack yeah, maybe. I, I, I still feel they're in second or third gear. You know, to be to be top of the league and saying they're in, they're in second or third gear. But you could say that before last night because if yeah. you're going to click through the gears, last night's the night you do it. That's it. But it really isn't that easy. And, and believe me, it took me a, a big, big chunk of my playing career to believe that to understand it's it's not a tap. You don't just turn it on and off when you want. It has to be an all the time thing. So Rovers being in second and third gear in the league and still winning games, still being top of the league. They probably just got a little bit comfortable and thought we'll, we'll be okay and we'll turn it on when Europe rolls But around. I guess the question I'm asking is, because I think an awful lot of people would have felt watching Rovers that they are in second or third gear and it's going to happen. Actually, maybe that is them at their best. I, I don't think so. I think with the individual talent, I think if you get them all, all them players playing properly, Jack Bourne, Graham Bourke, <laughs> even Aaron Green, I like Gaffney as well. I love as a player. Ferruja is a big miss when he comes back in. I, I, I do think there's a lot more to come and Stephen Bradley knows it and when you listen to Stephen Bradley's interviews, he doesn't panic. He, even no. even last season when they weren't playing well, uh, the start of this season, he said, don't worry, it will click. He knows what he has in the dressing room. So there's an awful lot more to come. And hopefully when uh, when they play next week, hopefully Rovers take Breedabick by, uh, by surprise and are, are a little bit better than they're expecting. The concerning thing is, and, and the Breedabick manager made this point after the match last night, Rovers have more European pedigree, they have a bigger budget and they're a bigger club mm-hmm. than Breedabick. 
it, that is that famous line with Sean Boylan stick your get your shyness out of your back pocket like the r- Irish clubs need to start like taking these games by the by the by the horns because th- this is a match that Rovers should be winning on paper yeah see you can buy into that a lot of the media will come out and say that and you buy into the rankings and you think okay on paper we should beat these but they're sprinkled with Icelandic internationals there's some internationals knocking around so they do have some pedigree the way they try the way they try to play football and like I said in the 92nd minute when they're putting 7 players in the box this is not a shy team this is a team that want to play football so even that in itself would tell you that they're a confident bunch of lads and the way they knocked it about in the middle of the pitch some of the one-two stuff the way they press and they're all athletic they can all get around the pitch even the centre halves are quite athletic mm-hmm. as well so when they have three two at the back they can cover up the ground so look they do have weaknesses the the high line is a weakness they do uh, put an awful lot of bo- bodies forward to the press once or twice we did see Rovers Jackbone flicking it round the corner one touch stuff it's dangerous stuff if you lose it they're in, they're in your final tour but if you break the press you're running at their back three so mm-hmm. it's very very dangerous stuff but it's great to watch and Rovers will have to get it right next week I think as well it is very difficult to acclimatise isn't the right word but to when you go to European football mm, you're playing champions you're playing the best teams in their league so and I know I saw I think Stewie was getting a bit of stick after the covers last night for saying that Rovers aren't being pushed hard enough in the League of Ireland by what's around them mm-hmm. uh, which you know uh, considering the way the league table is and not exactly running away f- with it, it, it that's it, it's hard to criticise those around them there but Rovers dominate possession in pretty much every game they yeah. play in Ireland because they're the best team because technically they have the most gifted players Jack Byrne can run the show in the League of Ireland like, this team uh, Breed Blake like they won the Icelandic League like they won it by being the best team by being the most comfortable on the ball there's very few teams who win their league by sitting deep by coming at you on the counter-attack so Rovers probably aren't used to playing against a team that are technically as good as that side were last night even if they're not one of the best teams in Europe yeah, that's true. And look, at Breedabrick obviously won the league last season and I, I think they lost two or three of their better players. So that was the reason I thought they'd be weak and then Rovers would raise their game. So yeah. I expected it to be a very, a very very tight game overall, but I thought Rovers might be able to nick it. But look, Breedabrick are, are, are very good, very very, uh, very compact on the ball. They, they make very few mistakes and they are good, but there is weaknesses there. When Rovers did play one or two touch, you can see them starting to make holes. They were making ra- uh, rash challenges, but... Like I say, it is going to be difficult for Rovers. Nathan's right. They're not used to not having the ball. But, you know, sometimes you have to just fight fire with fire. If a team are, are possession-based, the way to hurt them is when you nick it, go straight for the juggler. Now, teams will generally do that to Rovers, so they will know how to do it. And they just maybe if you get somebody up front with Gaffney. Gaffney at times, I, know, yeah. I thought he was isolated. decent last night, but I did think he was isolated. Yeah, so if you get Again, somebody at home in Europe, like, should that... Is, is is it not a night where you have to put Johnny Kenny up there or you put a towel right up alongside him, the physicality of towel getting in there? It just felt at home. Like now they've put themselves very much behind the eight ball going to Iceland that they needed to show a little bit more ambition. Yeah, look, I, I think that Stephen Bradley and Rovers were thinking, listen, we'll put out our team, we'll do what we want. And, and I don't mean that in a... In a in a cocky way I just think they thought on paper we're better than Breedablick we should be able yeah. to have our way with them but Breedablick obviously knew they had something up their sleeve so I do think now next week Stephen Bradley will get a little bit more down and dirty with the tactics he might play two up front he might go from back to front a little bit more so I do think tactics will come into it a bit more but 
yeah, I think maybe even the, even the Rovers fans, like you said, Nathan, were a little bit quiet after the start. I think even they were took by surprise with how good these were. Uh, it's, it was interesting the wording of Stephen Bradley after the match as well. He, like he didn't say, you know, sometimes you're accused of not showing teams enough respect in Europe, but he said we showed them too much respect, mm. which is a fair point. Probably you can you can sense that by the way they set up. Yeah, well, it can be a bit a bit of a surprise when you set up and you're not quite sure what you're going out to, and all of a sudden you're thinking, "Oh my God, these are decent," yeah. and you know you go chasing shadows all of a sudden. And, but to be fair, again, just forget that first half because the the first half they were so so passive, they were standing off people. I remember seeing uh, now nothing came of this, but Dan Cleary was on the halfway line, and a dare left winger just literally skipped past him, Dan Bourne sold himself, and I was thinking. You, you can't do that at this level of football you can't do that you either drag them down you, you go and jockey them you slow them down you force them inside the bodies you can't just sell yourself now they recovered and nothing happened but it's just little things like that you think what what is going through your head there you're not thinking about what's behind you and it just needs to be a, a little bit sharper all over the pitch from Rovers and they can't start like that over there they're not as good as last year as part of the problem like if you look at where what they've lost from probably just over 12 months ago when Mandreo left mm. Andy Lyons has gone like Chris McCann became a really big player yeah. during the European campaign last year they haven't been able to replace them with similar quality alright Trevor Clark you know has done well this season but mm. missed out last night as well it feels as though they're in a little bit of limbo in that they have enough resources to be the best team in Ireland but it doesn't feel as though the resources are there to kick on to being a really strong competitive European side year on year like this, missing out in Conference League football even this year would be a huge setback yeah it would but look I, I do think uh, I do think it comes down to the, to the strength of the league and I, look Rovers are winning the league and I do think there's a bit of truth in what Stewie Bourne was saying last night about Rovers not being pushed if, if the competition you're up against week in week out is not quite up to the standard you're going to face in Europe then there is going to be a bit of getting used to it now the, the one thing for me is that Rovers have felt their power now. Hopefully, they will be. They know what to expect. But do, do I think Rovers are worse than they were last year? Maybe on paper, I think Lions is a is a big big miss. But again, Ferruja, I think it will be okay when he comes back. So I think one or two injuries. I st- I think there's an awful lot more to come. I think they've the best squad by by a country mile in the league. There's an awful lot more to come. And, I just think they're underperforming at the minute. Uh, I'll put you in a, a, an awkward position. One of the things Rovers have done very well over the last few years is obviously look around the league mm. and bring in uh, players, uh, young players, to strengthen themselves. When you look at what Rovers have at the moment, are there, are there players around the league that you look at that you think they should be targeting, maybe even during this transfer window? Possibly, but it's very hard to do uh, to do any business just at the minute. Well, I, for Rovers in this league, I'm sure they could have the pick of anybody in the Irish league at the minute, obviously having Europe. But look, there is little gems in there. I think there's great little footballers, but I'm not sure who they could go out and get, to be honest with you. I like the, the likes of Darren Markey at, at Drottida, you know, little little diamonds in, in the rough people like that. But look, I, I don't think it's the amount of bodies. You know, I'm looking at the bench last night, the likes of Aaron Green, uh, people coming off the bench. I think the squad is strong. I think it's it's fine. I think they'll win the league at a canter this season. So they just need to be need need to be a little bit more on it in Europe. I don't think they're as weak as maybe the first forty five minutes shown. Just looking at their record away from home in Europe, like the last few years. So after, since they've beaten uh, the Icelandic team Stjarnan in, in twenty seventeen, they've managed only two wins in fourteen away ties in Europe. So that that's concerning. That probably highlights the task that's ahead of them, maybe. Yeah, again, but I I, I think that I, uh, Stephen Bradley and Rovers, when they play away from home, they tend to play exactly they would yeah, at home. More talent. positively. More, yeah, they play very positively, yeah. which, you know, obviously now looking at the facts that they've only won 2-14 away from home, 
it could probably be viewed as a little bit naive. Maybe now they need to go and win the game. So, look, I, I don't know. Do you shut up shop for the first 60 minutes, just make sure Breedablick don't get on the scoreline and then you go and throw, throw the kitchen sink at them? Or do you go and play open, expansive football and you could be out of the tie after 20 minutes? It's, look, at Stephen will go and approach this. He'll have a look at what, how he thinks they can, how they can hurt them. But the number one thing is to try and keep Breedablick out. If Breedablick score over there, it's going to be a, it's already an uphill battle, but it's going to be Mount Everest if Breedablick score. So the number one thing is a clean sheet, keep them out. And just get your your front lads to express themselves a little bit more. Have can't be as passive as they were. Can't sell themselves like they did. And the one thing for me in in, in the whole of the ninety minutes, Rovers had, you know, a couple of minutes here or there where they were turning the screw, but very little momentum in the game. Very rarely were you thinking it's on the way. There's a goal coming here. There was little moments, but not enough. Not enough pressure for me. Yeah, I think they just need to keep it tight away from home now because now look last year Ferenc Farris and Luda Goretz were probably a step above what they're going to play this time uh, but they just made so many stupid mistakes away from home it ended up costing them because they were brilliant then back in Tala that like actually you know almost playing for extra time being mature about this may not be yeah. may not be the worst idea yeah well look that's it you just don't don't be out of the game at half time you know if it's still 1-0 on aggregate that's no problem just stay in the game stick around the longer it stays nil all over there the more they will get edgy because they know a sucker punch could be on the way so look I, I, I don't want Rovers to go there and play a low block and void pressure and you know just come under the caution hopefully you know nick it on the on the counter I do think there's a hybrid approach here they can play a little bit of football but you know when there's a 50-50 fighting ball in your own final tour just hook it into the channel yeah. you know don't be trying to get it down and play in them areas not in the first half anyway just play a hybrid approach play sensible football keep yourself in the game and then like I say when we get into the business end 60-70 minutes start making a few more risks and Hopefully, hopefully we can hit them. We should, Keith, before we go, mention some of the, the transfers involving Irish players yep. that have kind of happened over the last week or two. We, we, of course, last week heard about Nathan Collins to Brentford, uh, Chidozi Ogbenya to, to Luton Town, Ryan Manning's joined Russell Martin at Southampton, which is an interesting move for him. Uh, both worked together, of course, with Swansea. Jason Knight to Bristol City. Uh, on the back page of, this, of the, the Sun I'm looking at here, Matt Doherty closing in on a sensational return to Wolves for free three years after Spurs paid 15 million uh, for him uh, Wolves are actually going to play Celtic in Dublin on the 29th of July both teams pulled out of a pre-season tournament in South Korea uh, promoters failing to fulfil their obligations so could have his, uh, his Wolves second debut in, in Dublin but an interesting move for, for Matt Doherty back to Wolves yeah, a decent move. A lot of the a lot of the moves for the Irish boys on paper are, are, are decent moves. Again, that's a that's a very decent move from Matt, and you would expect them to to play at Wolves. I know Wolves have a decent uh, a decent defensive record under Lopetegui, but hopefully now he comes in and plays. Even the, the Ogbeni one really gets me excited because uh, Ogbeni going to Luton. You know, Luton don't have millions to be thrown around. You would you would imagine now they brought him in the door that he will play. So he'll uh, he'll get to cut his teeth in the Premier League. And Collins to Brentford as well is, is a really, really good move. But people said this to me 12 months ago. Oh, isn't it a great move for, for Collins to be going to Wolves? Didn't turn out that way. So no. this will only be a good move if Nathan plays. If Nathan doesn't play, you know, I think the Irish team will suffer for it in the long run. It's great that... Doherty isn't going to Saudi Arabia for any number of reasons Uh, Wolves is just an an interesting one at the moment because it does seem there's a lot of issues around the club there was was speculation at the end of the season maybe Lopetegui would go because there was no money the fact they've sold Nathan Collins the speculation around Max Kilman we sort of thought again this time last season Kilman and Collins would be the best young centre-back pairing in the Premier League and would play together for five years Uh, there's talk of Kilman potentially going to Napoli another trying to keep him on a contract but that would be the one worry Matt Doherty that he's going back to a, a Wolves 
Wolves side, albeit incredibly well coached, it seemed by Lopetegui, that are in a bit of a state of flux. But mm. from where he's been, like he just needs to play football. It's been like six months without any games at all at Atletico Madrid and even the previous couple of years has been so stop-start at Tottenham like if you could get anywhere back like there hasn't been as exciting an Irish player in the Premier League yeah. since that last season Doherty had at Wolves like it was it was exceptional yeah, we do. And look, when he, when he plays well, Matt's a, Matt's a brilliant player going forward. There's obviously question marks on him in a, in a 1v1 defensive situation sometimes, but going forward, he, he's really, really good. But Lopetegui, hopefully, when he gets him in the door, will we'll stand him up, show him how to defend, and just, just be a little bit better, a little bit harder to beat in those situations. But look, he has everything he needs, and if he plays, it'll turn out to be to be a great move. And I actually, I do think Dottley will get back in there. I think he has a he has a bit of a love for Wolves. I think there's something in him that just wants to do well for that club. So hopefully, yeah, that's it. That should be a, a decent match for for Matt and, and for Ireland. Yeah, a couple of exciting signings, Keith. Thanks a million for for coming in as per usual. Great stuff. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.